0: This episode of the pod would not be possible without the support of Sam and the team at Infinite Joinery and Design. If you're like me and normally need these guys to come in after you stuff up your latest home renovation, here's an idea, get them in first and save the hassle. Specialising in new home joinery fit-outs, renovations, kitchens, laundries, wardrobes, vanities and solid timber work and project management, Infinite have 3D design software and Sam alone has over 20 years experience in joinery and project management. He knows his stuff. Located at 6 Bay Drive, Koiber, where you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, or contact Sam at 0429 291 008, or you can email sam at infinitejoineryanddesign.com. So don't be like me, get the experts in first and save yourself some money and a fierce dressing down from the better half. On this week's show, Jason Solis. Some may know Jason, some might not, but I can guarantee most people in this area will know the Solis name. And that's through Jason and his family's tireless work and promotion in their search for their missing father Nicola. Nicola Solis disappeared in 2008 and since that day the family have never given up hope of finding him and providing closure they so desperately want. Jason joins the pod to talk about his father's life, migrating to Tasmania from Italy and starting a family, Jason's own childhood and the memories he has of his dad at this time, what type of father and person Nicola was and his knowledge of the time he went missing. Jason talks about his family's grief and strength in searching not just in the initial days and weeks of Nicola's disappearance, but the efforts i have gone to over the past 14 years. Jason talks about the emotional toll these efforts take on a person and gives some strategies for anyone who may be dealing with something similar. Welcome back to the Talk Hard Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Briley. I'm Sonny. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: I've got half an opportunity here. I'm going to take it this time. He sat there for two songs and he goes, he likes to shit up. And then he left. When I die, (laughs) I want everyone to have shots and I want you to use my coffin as the bar. But I collapsed and, and they couldn't find a heartbeat for a couple of minutes. I would give everything, anything that I've got right now to hear my mum sing again could just
0: go into the house and do it and no one would care, but people do care. He said, thank you for saving me life.
1: The tour Card podcast with Brendan Hinkson.
0: Oh mate, it doesn't uh, get much bigger than this. <laughs> Jason Solis, welcome to the Torcard podcast,
1: mate. You mate. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> no worries, mate. I planned on uh, on getting you on uh, quite some time ago, but uh, for for different reasons, and I had a few people lined up. I had to get through a few before I could could get to you. So it's a, yeah. you know, a pleasure to to finally be able to sit down and have a chat to
1: you, mate. So it, um, it's actually good timing. That's things are quieting down a little bit for us ah, at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> so Excellent. it's actually spot on. Hopefully, it'll um yeah get a bit get a bit
0: of a uh, bit of publicity for you. So the other positive I was just thinking there before is I've taught you how to do zoom calls. So that might, uh, might be one of the keys to to communication moving forward. You might be able to just, you know, open up a few more avenues for you.
1: Could possibly.
0: You just never know, do you?
1: I had no idea what I was doing
0: (laughs) when you first contacted me. You do now, mate. Look out, you'll be inundated now. So mate, anyone that, um, that, that, you know, knows the, the the format of the podcast. Basically, you know, we're interested in stories and, you know, hearing about your family's story and, and your story as well. So tell us about Nick's journey to to Australia for a start.
1: Um well he was born in Italy, yep. um, back in the late 30s. Yep. Um, yeah when he when he was about um early twenties he basically followed his brother. His brother lived um in Tassie and he's come out as well um, by boat. It wasn't, wasn't all the planes and back then. um, So it was about 1950s, was it? Yeah. um, Yeah. Early sixties. Yep. Um, Yeah, So by boat to Frio and then made his way to Tassie. Yep. uh, Worked for the hydro for 36 years. Yep. So, um, yeah, basically came came out and yeah, followed his brother really. Yep. Back Excellent. in the
0: day. Yep. So did he pick up work as a as a Sparky in Freo? Is that where that sort of started for him or?
1: Um no, he, he sort of kept um once he got Freo, he kept um coming through to Tassie and then got a job as back then they called him B grade electricians. So yep. um yeah, picked up work and yeah, he just learned as he, he didn't know English so yep. he had to learn a language, yeah. learn a trade. Yep. And yeah, so he, he applied himself and did that. And he, he still had a very, very strong Italian accent. Yep. Like you know, he, he never never lost the Italian accent. So <laughs> um, Yes, which, when as growing up, I found it a little bit hard to understand him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good when the kids
0: can't understand. My kids say they can't understand me sometimes. I think it's selective. Well, that's it.
1: I think I might be using it as a bit of an excuse. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so he had a really strong Italian accent. So, um, yeah, so he came out, um, worked on the hydro pretty much throughout all of Tasmania. Yep. Um Pretty much all the hydroelectric dams, any power station, substation in Tasmania, he he's at some stage worked at one of them. Yeah. You know, so he's he's had a lot of experience around the whole of the state. Yeah. So.
0: Yep. It's funny though, like the the, the different times. Like you, you couldn't imagine now having to migrate to another country where you didn't know the language and you know just pick things up. Like they were certainly, I know they seemed a, little, a lot more resilient back in the old days, didn't they? They just had to make uh, do and get it done.
1: Well, that's it. And all the people that he worked with were from all over the world. Like yep. yeah, it was it was more probably not just learning English, you know, yeah. Like there was people from Yugoslavia and you know, like a whole heap. So to communicate with him, I'm guessing he would have had to learn a lot of languages just yeah. to just to get by.
0: But he yeah. must have he must have been tough from the because I think I read somewhere as a child he was hit by a truck or something, wasn't he? Is that yeah. is that right? There, yeah. So yeah, there, what what happened yeah. there?
1: Um I'm not 100% sure of the full story but I think that he was just playing at soccer or something out on the street and yep. chased a ball and went under a truck. Yeah. So he was yeah, he was so knocked
0: he, unconscious, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, from what from what I know, yeah, he was pretty crook. Like, yep. He was, he was lucky lucky to survive it, so Yeah. Obviously that toughness <laughs> but, and resilience sort of helped him in later life. Well, that's it. So yeah, yeah so like I said, I don't know a lot about that story. I know I know that it happened, but yeah, he, he never really gave too many details away about it. Yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> Probably just hoping you didn't do the same thing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell us, tell us about your childhood, mate. So you, you, you're the eldest, you and your brother, or are you? No,
1: nah, 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 I'm, I'm, the youngest. Okay. Yep. Um, and I have one brother, yep. um, Nick Junior. A lot of people um, know the family from the Devonport area. Well, I was going to say, um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people know my brother. Yep. Um, you know, he he still still lives up on the northwest coast. I'm currently down south. So. Yep. Um. Yeah. So as as kids, um, both Nick and I were, you know, probably like a lot of kids were right into soccer, and dad dad was keen. You know, like he used to play soccer as well. Yeah. So. He was right into it, you know. Yep. So we'd go to the training and then it was always Saturday morning soccer. And back in those days we lived in Georgetown, which is north of Launceston. Yep. And yeah, you know, it wouldn't be strange for us to travel to Launceston pretty much every second weekend to play yep. soccer. Yep. You know, the Saturday Saturday morning. So mm-hmm. yeah, that dad, dad loved it. You know, it sort of got you know, got to share a bit of a passion with, you know, my brother and I. Yeah. You know, so that was that was good, you know, and, you know, we used to do, you know, it was soccer Soccer was everything back then, so. Yeah. And did you go all right at it?
0: Were you a pretty handy soccer player?
1: Uh, Yeah, Nick is. Okay. Um, me, mm, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit of a battler, were you? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, like yeah. <laughs> no, no real skills to sort of. You know talk about yeah
0: <laughs> what about nick senior was he a good soccer player was he did yeah you...
1: yeah yeah like he, he used to run rings around me and just yeah he he was really good he used to play um well when he first come to tassie he used to play for launceston juventus okay yeah he had a prospect there so you know back in the day when when he well when he used to have time on the weekends um, when he wasn't you know, working weekends, so yep. yeah, yeah. So he, he used to get right into it when he was a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. So what age did you play soccer up until? Um, I think I gave it away high school, yeah. You know, but Nick, Nick kept uh, my, my brother kept playing, and then he talked me into playing social, um, social soccer. Yep yeah which which is more my speed yeah
0: <laughs> Not as many young whippersnappers to chase around and stuff well that's
1: it everyone's yep. a little bit older and yeah yep. and yeah so and it was just just you know a little bit of exercise and yeah yeah and it was yeah like i said it was it was more more my speed i could i could keep up with it most times yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's
0: as long as you're getting, you're still active, mate. You're getting sort of out and doing something, aren't you? Like that's the main thing. It doesn't matter what you do or how good you are at it. As long as you're,
1: you're yeah. physically active, but, and you're doing something. Yeah, you know, but like my brother Nick, he's you know, like he he still plays the occasional game of soccer and he's oh, still, playing cric- still playing cricket. Still playing cricket. Yeah, plays um like uh, over fifties or whatever. Yep. I'm not quite sure of the competitions, but yeah, like he still plays. Yeah, I've, I've I've realized I'm too old. <laughs> You've hung the boots up. That's it.
0: Yeah. Um. Is it true when you guys were young, you actually relocated back to Italy for a certain time? Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah, a, a little while. Um, we did relocate. Um, I uh, would only been like four or five at the time. Yep. Um, and remember it much then? No, nah, not a not a great deal. But I remember we pretty much packed everything up and went back. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, we we stayed, we were there for about six months and then decided to come back. As to the reasoning behind that, I was a five-year-old. <laughs> you just <laughs> I followed was. mum and dad. <laughs> I just went wherever they went. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, not really sure why, but yeah, we relocated and yeah, found our way back eventually.
0: Yep. And you got a job back with the hydro pretty much straight away. Yeah, yeah just, just
1: straight back into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah.
0: from Georgetown, you then moved to Gary Park, is that right or
1: uh, no no we were Gary Park originally
0: oh, okay. then to then to Georgetown yep, and then to, then to Sheffield to Sheffield yep. yep, yep okay, yep. so what was childhood like in sheffield
1: um different i um when when we first moved to Sheffield, you know coming from a little small town like Georgetown um, yeah. They, things were different in Sheffield. Like, it was a, like a rural community and, you know, like Georgetown's just a small town, yeah. You know, but then all of a sudden you had, you know, like just all these, like lots of people from every, and everyone knew each other, which was strange to me. We sort of, in Georgetown, sort of used to keep to ourselves yeah, to an extent, but then got to Sheffield and it was just, you know just a community of Sheffield just yeah it was amazing like just yep. it was just so so different yeah um we originally lived in in Sheffield um, in one of the hydro houses yep um we could supplied by you know for dad's work yeah and then um, eventually mum and dad uh, bought bought a place about 5k out of Sheffield yep and it was um yeah probably five acres maybe. Maybe a bit smaller, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was our family home up until, yeah, well, a couple of years ago. uh, Nick and I had, uh, well, we had to sell it. You know, when Dad first went missing, we couldn't really even touch it for seven years. Right, that's that's a legal thing, and yeah, we had to get permission to rent our Dad's house and we did that and we didn't have very good tenants so <laughs> we okay. had to spend spend a bit of money to repair do a few repairs but yeah yeah so that was our family home yeah um, just out of sheffield for a lot of years yep and you enjoyed sort of living out in the
0: in the country sort of on
1: a little bit of space um it was definitely different we had um yeah, like you know, we had sheep and goats and you know we just sort of the little hobby hobby farm yep just enough space um yeah, well, that's it, you know, you weren't, you know, our nearest neighbours were a couple hundred metres away, so, you know, you could sort of pretty much do your own thing, and yep. you know, it sort of was up, uh, up on a hill overlooking Sheffield, so, you know, good views, and yeah, yep. no, it's good. Excellent. So, what sort of father was Nick? What, what sort of
0: words would you say to describe him as, as far as being a father, because you're a father yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. so how would you sort of describe him as a father?
1: Um, yeah, like, he all, he always, well, he did everything for us, as in, you know, like, mum for a lot of years, especially when we were at school, mum didn't work. So we'd get home from school, and there'd always be someone home. Yeah, it's just the way they wanted it to be. We come yep. home, someone's there. So dad was, you know, the only one who worked, he often worked away. But, you know, we, there was always Backyard cricket, soccer, soccer, going to soccer training. You know, yep. like there was always, you know, when when he was, um, it it always make time for what we were doing. You know, and you know, plus plus work and plus everything else that yeah, you know, goes on. But yeah, like I always remember all the times that he, you know, like it. I'm a I'm a bit um. I use my hands, you know, for work and stuff, and I've, I can make stuff. And I learnt that all through dad, mm-hmm. you know, just hours in the shed, just watching him do stuff, and then I'd try and, you know, mm-hmm. like I'd, I'd build, you know, billy carts and stuff like that, and yep. he'd, you know, he'd always help and show me how to do stuff, you know. So yeah, he was always very hands-on. Yep. Um, and yeah. Like, and that that never changed. Like, to him, family was everything. Yep. Um, and then um, as, well, as we got older and started having families of our own, um, yeah, like, you know, grandkids became yep. a priority and, yep. you know, and, you, know, you used to Spoil them rotten like we, we, <laughs> only, really happens. we only had only had you know a few kids back then you know but um over the years we've had a couple more but yeah yeah so you know, he, he used, used to always you know loved his grandkids so yeah just yeah good family man yep excellent did he yeah. happen to sort of get back to Italy at
0: all to see much of his
1: family over the journey or Oh uh, yeah, he'd he'd been he'd been back um oh heaps of times probably at four five six times yep um the last time he went back um was my first time that I'd I'd gone back in two thousand and six yep um we went over and spent a month in Italy um mm-hmm. which was you know well back then we didn't know it was going to be his last last trip mm. back back there so um yeah so he's um one of six children so um unfortunately all all the boys are gone and there's three girls left okay our our aunties you know three aunties left so but they're all you know like mid mid to late 70s so they're, they're all we're getting on now, but, yeah, so, yeah, we didn't realise back in 2006 that that was going to be his last time that he'd go home. Yeah. So it, was it just, it just you just you and him, was it, or? Uh, yeah, and I, I took a friend with me as well. Okay, you know, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, that was good. We got to spend a month in, in Italy. and Yep. And I, yeah, I suppose in hindsight, what a
0: beautiful memory, the fact that you did get to spend that last trip. Well, that's
1: it. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you know, it was good good to know because you know, well, two two years later, everything just went pear shaped.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what um, what would you say were the the main values that he lived his life by, and that he sort of would pass down to to you boys? Like, what um, what what were his beliefs? Do you think?
1: Yeah, well, he just um, yeah, just very family orientated, you know, just just a good family man just yep. so yeah you know, that that's i think he's he's just uh, honest happy yeah loved a joke yep. you know just you know just 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 a good bloke yep good mm-hmm. sense of humor so, yeah yeah yep. well he thought so anyway <laughs>
0: <laughs> as long as you're happy with yourself i suppose it's amazing and
1: that's it he, he
0: had all the dad jokes <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes they're the best. Sometimes they're terrible too. But yeah, <laughs> sometimes it. it's all in the delivery. <laughs> With that thick Italian accent, it probably oh, be funny anyway.
1: Yeah, well that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember shaking my head at him a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be much different than many, many sons around the place, I wouldn't have thought. Nah, <laughs>
1: um,
0: and so at some point your your mum started to get ill along the journey, is that right? Like yeah. took a her health took a bit of a turn?
1: Yeah. Um in the nineties, mum mum got crook. Um, yeah, she had bone cancer. Okay, um, and for a while there, um, well, it, it was never never going to end well. But they didn't give mum really a lot of hope, um, and well, she I think they only gave her like not even 12 months, I don't think, at the time. But okay. she ended up um, seven years. She wow. she battled cancer. So, um, yep. yeah, she passed away in 2000. Yep. Um, but, yeah, dad, you know, dad being dad, said, right, that's it. I'm retiring. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to look after you. Yep. And wherever she had to go, which was multiple trips, if it wasn't to Bernie, if Launceston, it was to Hobart, you know, and like overnight stays and stuff like that. So, yeah, he just quit work and looked after mum. Yeah. Okay. And, that, that, that's, and that's the kind of guy he was. He, he, you know, family first. Yep. Devoted husband, devoted father. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, that was no no great surprise and, you know, and on, you know, and, Well, put it this way, mum mum wouldn't have been able to do it by herself anyway. So yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. And he, yeah, he he didn't definitely didn't want her to do it by herself. So yeah, he he did everything he could, and that's yeah, and that's probably why she lasted seven years. Yep, because of that assistance. Yeah, yeah. She must have been a pretty tough cookie too, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Yeah, Yeah, she um, she did all right. (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. So. when did she pass away? did you say two thousand is that right in two thousand yeah yeah sure so how yeah. was how was he and how was the family after that event how did they
1: uh, years yeah after that? yeah that that rocked the family big time um yeah. when mum passed um yeah mum was yeah like i wouldn't I wouldn't say mum was like the head of the family, like both mum and dad were, but like mum was I don't I don't really know what words to use mum was mum like she was always there like I said we'd come home from school she was always there yeah and it wasn't until after we left um high school and um until she put herself through TAFE and you know got herself a job and yeah you know, but she waited until we finished school before she did any of that but she wanted to make sure you were right first yeah, yeah. You know, so, she, yeah, she was just always there, yep. and then not to have her there, yeah, it, yeah, knocked knocked around, family, a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So,
0: where it, did your mum and dad meet each other? She wasn't from um, here, was
1: she? No, 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 she was from Launceston. So, yep. um, yeah, they, um, yeah, they they bumped into each other at a dance. Ah, the what good I've old been days. told. Yeah. <laughs> the good the good old days and yep. um. Before you met yeah, people so on Facebook and Twitter and wow, well, that's it yeah. so yeah actually I had to talk to them yeah, that's right, yeah
0: <laughs> use those people skills
1: that's it, so yeah, yeah so they yeah, they um yeah met met in the sixties and um yeah, I think they got oh, I'd, I'd be having a guess married in sixty six or sixty seven I think it was okay,
0: yep,
1: yeah, so excellent. So you said way back of, then,
0: yeah, back in the day. Back and in the day. so you said that it obviously it was a shock to you guys, but it was obviously a bit of a shock to his system
1: too. When when you past. Oh, yeah, yep. Yep. yeah, no, he, um you know, we sort of had to get well, like like every other family, I suppose. When this happens, you sort of have to, you know, think things change, and you know, sort of all, you know, had to. Move on, you know, but yeah, like it was, it, it wasn't easy, and yeah, you know, but that sort of thing, it it, it isn't easy, is it? So no. yeah, you, know, you just do do what you got to do to try and think, make things as good as you, they can be. Yeah. Um, did it yeah.
0: did it take him a while to to regroup and get
1: back to his normal self, normal, normal jovial yeah. sort of self? Did he was yeah he down the, for a the, while? Or? Yeah, like he um. Yeah, knocked, knocked him around, and he he wasn't himself for for a while. And you know, but he finally, you know, he got got in like got back to he, he loved lawn bowls at the Sheffield Bowls Club. Yep. Um, so he he got back into that, and then like if he wasn't practicing at the Bowls Club, he was playing midweek. He was playing Saturdays, so it was keeping him. Keeping him busy, yep. something to look forward to. Yep. And yeah, like he I wouldn't say he made a, like a comeback, but like he was just better mentally and physically getting out doing yep. stuff, he was a lot better off. And yep. um yeah, and, and still back in back in those days, like Nick and I used to play cricket for Nook Cricket Club. Yep. He always used to come and watch us play. Yeah, you know, so it it, it he, he fought, like eventually got back into like living life again. You know, yeah, so, yeah. But it took it took him a while. Yeah, yeah. Which is a common story, but you know the fact
0: that he did get back to to being happy well, and having that social well, outlet
1: obviously helps as well. Well, that's it. And you know, I'm just thankful that you know, the Sheffield Bowls Club were there because it just kept him so occupied, you know, yep. he'd like just, and he just used to look forward to, you know, just simple game of bowls and it yep. just, you know, and, and it just did so much for him. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm.
0: So when he um disappeared, it was 2008, but um, in my research that I did, you, you sort of noticed leading up to that, he was starting to become a little bit forgetful and he, yeah,
1: had a diagnosis yep yeah he'd just been diagnosed with early onset dementia yep so what that involved was he was starting to get a little bit muddled when it come to like days of the week yep um and just a a little bit forgetful with where he was supposed to be at any given day um my brother nick used to sort of ring him up sort of right oh it's Tuesday, you've got midweek bowls, or Wednesday, or yeah, it's Saturday. You've got bowls. You're playing Wynyard or wherever. Yep. Um. And and he was fine, but there was um a bit bit yeah, like thing things were changing. So got him, you know, got medical advice. Um. And we're, we're well. We're in the process at that time of, you know, him selling the house at Sheffield because, you know, it was getting a bit too much for him to manage. Yeah. So the house was on the market. We were going to sort of like put him in like maybe a two-bedroom unit or something like just downscale it. You know, make it easier for him. Yep. Um. Yeah so and you know when it comes to like medications and stuff like that was all being sorted you know you know we're right in the process of all that happening yep. when when he went missing so yeah so you're obviously went, you
0: obviously you your concerned for his safety before then that's why you were sort of selling the house
1: well <clears throat> that's it we we just figured that it was just too much for him yep. and you know and, and pretty big property, like just to mow the lawns around the house used to take four hours. Wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, was, you know, like it, it it just wasn't something that you, and if you let it go, it just took longer. You know? Yeah. So you know, he had a bit and, of
0: pride in his property too, didn't he?
1: Well, that's it too. Yeah. You know? And, both mum and dad, when they first moved up there, it was pretty much a blank canvas. But by the time, yeah, you know, they'd been there a couple of years, like all the gardens were established and, you know, trees and, you know, so they'd they'd made it their own. Yeah. Um, and just to maintain it, though, was, you know, a big big job. So yeah, yeah. I'm tipping. Did he so, did he used to mow with a push mower or did he ever ride on? Um, push mower, but he ended <laughs> up. He, Originally a push mower, but yeah. then a, a push mower when I used to do it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> make you earn right, your keep. Right on when I when I flew the coop and right on turned <laughs> right on turned up. He had to go at it himself and said, "Well, this is, this is crap.
0: I need to make an easy way of doing this."
1: <laughs> That's right. So he got his
0: lump of flesh out of you, though.
1: Yeah, hi. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and the week he went missing. We actually had a buyer for the house, and right. then we couldn't sell it. Yeah, because legally it's not our house to sell. Yeah, no one. To and like I said papers. before, with the, with that's like when the person goes missing, all their property sits in limbo for seven years. Yeah, you can't touch anything. So you
0: didn't have any and power of attorneys or anything like that, sort of sorted.
1: Yeah, we we just we just really were hands tied behind our back. We just could not really do anything we went you know we were pretty hopeful that we'd find him pretty quick when he first went missing but yeah it wasn't to be the case
0: back to jason in just a sec how scary is it in this day and age how much we rely on modern technology it's not till your phone dies or the wi-fi or power goes off that you realize you'd be lost without it well recently my phone decided in its old age to die and stop charging and on a weekend no less so what do you do Rather than waiting to speak to the network providers or retail outlets, which can be painful within itself, give Brad or Katie a call at Greenies Apple Repairs. That's what I did, and they had my old phone as good as new in ours. Greenies take care of iPhones, iPods, iPads, and pretty much everything else, and they won't cost you an arm and a leg. So next time you're stuck back in the dark ages with no technology, contact Greenies Apple Repairs on 0401 229 220, or you can contact them at www.greenysrepairs.com.au or find them on Facebook. Now just to get onto this busted screen. Now back to Jason. Had he got lost in his car at all before you said about the forgetfulness and things like that? Had he ever gone for a drive and ended up somewhere he wasn't meant to be or anything like
1: that? Um not not that I know of. Yep. Um but yeah, like um he he'd had a he had a couple of um car accidents. And um, yeah, and it, it was very much unlike him. He was a very good driver. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we noticed that he'd, he'd had a couple. Of, well, he had a little minor one, but then he had one, one big one. Yeah. And yeah, he ended up getting uh, the car that he went missing. He ended he like he he bought had to buy another car, and that was the one he ended up going missing in. That was so, a replacement. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So we, we asked the question originally when he was first diagnosed with dementia, does he need to lose his license? And the doctor said, no, he's, he's fine. You know, like it's, you know, it shouldn't be a problem, but yeah. Looking back now, it might've, might've saved a lot of, a lot of what's going on now. Does that play on your mind
0: a little bit that, maybe you could have pushed a little bit harder or? Uh,
1: Yes and no. Like, you know, put it this way, if I knew knew what was going to happen, I definitely would have, but that's the thing. You you sort of, you know, second guess everything. Like I'm no expert when it comes to dementia. Um, So you sort of go what, you know, what you're guided with by the doctors. So, you know, Mm. so you sort of. You know ask a question but if you know yeah so you can't really beat yourself up over stuff like that you put your faith in the experts for a reason well don't you? that that that's it you know, yeah and that that's that's their job um that's what they do so you know you got you, know, you got to have a bit of faith in what they do so yeah that's what absolutely. we did yep so he he went
0: missing on the seventeenth of November two thousand and eight, um, and he was last yep. seen driving in Sheffield. So just tell us what you know about it—the last twenty four hours before he went missing.
1: The days leading up to it, um, yeah, like like I said, he used he used to go to bowls, you know, and like st- still used to drive around. But the actual day that he went missing. Um, He was seen heading, well, towards uh, Railton. So he'd gone past his, he'd been, from what we know, he'd been in Sheffield Mm -hmm. and heading towards um, Railton, just out of Sheffield, is his turn off to go to his place. But the last time he was actually seen, he was probably about a kilometre or so further up the road towards Railton. And yeah. was seen by a local mechanic um, in in Sheffield, and basically they waved like country people do. Yeah, Waved wave to each other as they went past each other, and yeah, and that was the that's the last one hundred percent confirmed sighting. Like someone that actually knew him. Mm. That was the last confirmed sightings. Since he's gone missing, I'd hate to think how many sightings <laughs> we've had. We've yep. had a lot. Yep. And there's probably a lot that we don't know about. But, um, yeah, so that was the last 100% confirmed sighting of dad yep. was, um, yeah, probably about a kilometre, kilometre and a half past his actual turn-off to go to his place. Yep. So, obviously, he was going somewhere. He hadn't just... Well that that's it. And um and then the days after that we basically used that as our gang okay, X marks the spot and mm-hmm. said, Right, you go another couple of kilometers up the road and then there back in the day there was like an intersection. Turn right, goes what that what they call the bridal track and it yes. sort of comes out out yep. at um, Elizabeth Town? Yeah. Or yep. or did he turn left and head down towards Railton? Yeah. So for the next couple of days, I'd park the car, I'd walk like 2K, checking all the sides of the road, walk back to the car, go back to the spot that I'd just walked to, park the car again, then do the next 2K, and basically did it all the way to Railton, then did it all the way back to Sheffield from Ralton, and then did the bridle track. And to this day, the bridle track is like we we've had drone operators down there in the last couple of weeks. We're still mm-hmm. checking checking spots down there, and um, yeah, and we're there's a couple couple of areas that we still want to check because um, we've got two amazing drone operators we've got one in um launceston and one in hobart and um yeah they're still continually finding stuff of interest in the water down through there yeah and yeah like i said even up you know last couple of weeks we've had drone operators just you know just checking areas that you know we we it's 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 ongoing. it yeah. just it just it just never stops. So you just have a contract with
0: them that they just search certain areas that you send them to, but, do they? Or? Um,
1: that no, they they've offered their time and service. Oh wow, that's excellent. Yeah. And that that's and that's that's them too. Like we've um had a diver come down from New yep. South Wales, down under Dan, and yeah, down under Dan, yep, and he, base like, I I'd heard about um a YouTube channel called Adventures with Purpose, and they're in America, Mm -hmm. and they use sonar to check the waterways. So I've just contacted, sent them an email and said, what kind of sonar do you use? And then um, I posted on my dad's Facebook page, Help Find Nicola Slees, that I'd told all the followers on there that's what I did. And then one of my followers goes, oh, have you heard about Down Under Dan? Mm-hmm. And from that moment, within three weeks, he was in Tassie. Yep. had We hadn't raised any money to get him down here. Paid for the, to get down here on a Spirit. Paid for everything. Wow. All, out of his own pocket. And yep. like it cost, cost a good couple of thousand dollars to, mm. to do that. And yet he just said, I'm coming. He said, you know, I've read up what's going on and, you know, this is when I'm coming. And so pretty much everyone that um, has helped along the way um, has donated their time, their mm. expertise just to help us out. So mm. we're, you know, we're more, more than grateful to any assistance we get, you know, mm. and like we've, we've had a lot over the years.
0: Yeah. It fills you with hope,
1: though, doesn't it? The human
0: spirit. Well, that, you know there are people out there
1: that are that giving. But that's it too. Like, um, yeah, there's a a lot of crap that goes on in the world, but there's a hell of a lot of good that goes on mm. too. Yeah, you got to focus on the good people. Well, that that's it too. You yeah, know, f- focus on the good stuff.
0: Yeah. So just just going back a bit again, then, Jason. So what at what point did you realise that he was missing? What were the what were the key indicators there? What happened?
1: Um well originally um my brother nick was supposed to meet up with dad um and work work got in the way like work like work does you yeah and other things happened but um dad <laughs> it was, this is this is um you don't necessarily have to have dementia for this one. Um, he couldn't figure out the clock, how to set the clock on the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. I reckon it belongs to that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my brother Nick said he'd drop in and, you know, just drop in, say good day. And while he was there, he'd help him with it. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't a big issue. Like it wasn't something, you know, that was urgent that needed. But work got in the way and, yeah. You know, and one thing led to another, and he Nick sort of said, "I, oh, you know, like I better give him a ring, let him know that I'm not going to be able to make it." Yep. And he didn't answer. And Dad, being Dad, he sort of had a set routine. Like if he wasn't at bowls, you know, he, you know, he was most most likely at home. Yeah. You know, like. So then it got dark, and he and Nick kept ringing. No answer. So Nick. So this going, was on
0: the seventeenth.
1: Uh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um. So Nick's gone. This is so out of character. I'm going. I'm yep. going to go up there. He had to just drop everything and go. And got up there. Um. He had a a dog and had like a a yard for the dog. And every time he went out somewhere, he put the dog away so it wasn't wandering. Around. So the dog was in the kennel area. And so he knew straight away that dad wasn't home Mm -hmm. because the dog was just not locked up Mm -hmm. while he was there. The dog, you know, (laughs) did whatever it liked when dad was there, like it just ran around the house. Yeah. Um so he knew straight away dad wasn't there. Um yeah, so um and me living down down south um i get a i get a phone call basically saying yeah dad dad's not it mm-hmm. and um i yeah and it was getting quite quite late by then um and Nick had contacted the police um and got the ball rolling um with that. Um, yeah, you know, just put out alerts and that for, for dad. Um and then Nick rang me, I think it was first thing the next morning, and I saw his name come up on the phone and the first thing I said to him, Where was he? Mm. You know? Yeah. Like and he's gone, No, you haven't found him. Yep. So then then um I've I've you know, I was due to go into work, and I said not going to work. So I basically pretty much grabbed anything I could at the time and jumped in the car and just went went up there. Yeah. Um. And started searching. Yeah. You know, straight straight away, like just. Um, Dad was also on like um, some other medication for high blood pressure and stuff like that. Um. And um. Yeah, he couldn't really go without those tablets and like he, he didn't have, you know, like it was like he'd just gone out somewhere and it, all intentions of going home and just never got there. Okay. At the time that dad went missing, it was my eldest daughter's first birthday and they were all planning to come down to um, down here, down the south. And that might be the case. I, I don't know. It, it could possibly be. He, he was already packing to come down. I don't know. I'm not yep. not a hundred percent sure about that one. Yeah.
0: So you said you you came up though, and you did a lot of searching. So how long were you up for?
1: Uh, I I did um, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Just continuously searching. Yeah, and um, yeah. Um, after. <laughs> after three weeks and I, I recognized in that three weeks I reckon I slept about an hour a night. I was wow. just I was cactus. Like I just yeah. was yeah, I wasn't functioning after three weeks. I yeah, I I was pretty <laughs> pretty exhausted. You'd be a zombie. Um yeah mentally and physically I was just you know, I was off the show so yep. I just had to had had to get had to come home. You know, yeah. Just just uh, yeah you know, after, after three weeks, and that that was the thing too. Like I'd um, soon soon as the sun come up, I was in the car. I was gone. Yeah, and I usually get back when it was dark. So I was doing anywhere between I don't know, probably sixteen, eighteen hour days. Yep, and then not sleeping, and just yeah, you know, like I you know, just yeah, <laughs> looking back now, it was pretty ridiculous. And I probably could have had an accident myself, you know, like yeah. while driving, like just. How yeah. far were you going? I, I I was I was I was going anywhere, like yep. I, the local Sheffield area, um, and then there was uh, a report that he was seen driving down towards Bernie. So then concentrated down around Bernie. And then we later on found out that was like the week before this person had seen him the week before he uh, went okay. missing. Yeah. Um, I'd gone back to Georgetown, um, gone, you know, mum's um, buried up at the cemetery up in Launceston. Mm-hmm. So did, you know, surrounding areas in Launceston, um, yeah, so we basically covered the whole sort of north of the state mm-hmm. back back in those days. And yeah, like I'd, I'd hate to think how many kilometers I would have done in a day, but um, yeah, it it was a lot. You know, like yep. there was some days where I was like filling up my car like two or three times. You know, mm-hmm. just just constantly just driving roads, looking for a car off the side of the road. Um. Yeah, we we'd made up a like a missing poster and stuff like that. And we're sticking that up. Um like I said, we went up to the cemetery and left, you know, left a note on Mum's grave. We let the people know. It you know, we we just let trying to let as many people as you know we could know that he was missing. So yeah. we're just you know because we knew that that needed to be found pretty quick. Like I said, you know, if he didn't have his medication um, just for his high blood pressure was enough to yep. make him very ill. So we yep. knew we had to find him and find him quick. So,
0: yeah. And were you pretty convinced early on that he, he may have crashed his car or that he'd still be in his car somewhere? Was that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I I still to this day think if we find the car, we're going to find that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And like it's all, wouldn't say guesswork, but it is like, like I said, that's what I expect to to happen. If we find the car, we'll find him. Yeah, I'm, you know, hopeful that will be the case. Yeah, but it might <laughs> not necessarily be the case. But yep. you know, it's it's, you know, like you know, it's. Tassie's not a very big place. I've said this for years. Like Tassie's not a very big place, but when you're looking for a car and a little Italian man, mm. it's a you learn big, how big bloody, it is. <laughs> a bloody big place.
0: Yeah. 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 So when you when you were up though for that three weeks for, for searching, like can you can you remember what your mindset was like or what your emotions were like? Were you did you sort of did you break down or were you angry because you were tired and things like that? Like what were you, or were you um, just, just a,
1: a, a man possessed or? Um yeah. Like I was at the at the very beginning, like I was just, um, I just wanted to find him, like just, and that I was just hell bent. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find him, and you know, and see where we go. Like, see, if he's okay, or you know, just whatever came whatever came next. Yep. So I was. Like I said, when I left, you know, down here and drove up, I was, yeah, I was determined to find him. Like I just, you know, I that's what I wanted to happen, and I was going to make it happen, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like I still am, you know, like I I pretty much haven't stopped. So yeah, um, yeah, so just. Yeah, you know, at the beginning, but as time, as those three weeks went on, yeah, just um, I wouldn't say you lose lose hope, but you things do change. Like you're, you, know, one one you, you know, you're tired, you're stressed, you know, just, you know, just not eating, you know, just yeah, just very, very much not a healthy lifestyle. Like I, you know, just, and what I did eat was crap. Yeah. Like I'd stop at a shop and buy, you know, a couple of bucks worth of chips or something and, you know, just no, no, nothing that was good for me, put it that way. And then over time it just, you know, took, took a toll. And after three weeks I was spent. Yeah. And just on the lack of sleep alone, like I just, yeah you know, i I'd, I'd be driving down the road and it, you know just it was you know, just like being under the influence it was yeah. just it was bad it yep. was really bad it was
0: becoming a bit unsafe
1: for yourself oh well that's it i i was, was going to do something to myself like run off the road or run into someone or you know just yeah, after three weeks i was done
0: yeah um i was going to ask and this might be a hard one to answer but can you remember at what point you guys Considered the prospect that he might not be alive
1: anymore. Um. Yeah, like for the first couple of weeks, you know, we we you know, like we were hopeful. Um, probably not. Looking back, that's probably not realistic. Like said, with the medication that he needed, Um, and from what I can gather from the doctors. The, if he didn't have his tablets for a while, you know, it wouldn't have been good for him, so um i don't i I couldn't tell you the exact time that you know we sort of sat down and went, well, you know, we tried, but yeah, I couldn't really tell you when we had that moment, but mm-hmm. yeah we yeah like we were you know i I know when I left to come back here after three weeks. I pretty much by then had gone, well, you know, I think, you know, some, something's, he, he'd make it home if he could. Yeah. Was pretty much, you know, so for him for three weeks not to have been able to do that, something has happened. So, yeah, but the actual moment, I don't know if it was the moment I decided that I had to come home. I, don't really know. It could have been days before that. I'm yep. not really sure, but yep. we always held out hope. Yeah. But the the longer the longer it went on, you know, it sort of became a real possibility that he, you know, wasn't wasn't going to come back. Yeah. And how how did the
0: family sort of handle that? Did you sort of seek comfort from each other when you when you did realize that that was
1: a, a very high possibility? Yeah. It's sort of. Um, Bit hard to remember, actually. Like I said, I was, I was, <laughs> I was so exhausted. Uh, yeah. I, I can't actually really remember, like the following, I don't know week or two weeks after that. I, I sort of bit of a mental blank. Then I, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing the next couple of weeks, I just was recovering from what had just happened the three weeks prior. So yep. yeah, I can't really immediately. Um, I can't remember, but then it was all about, um, yeah, like um, there was TV interviews, radio interviews, and, you know, it was just a variety of things, like um, the Australian Federal Police with their Missing Persons Week, you know, they wanted to highlight Dad. So there was media and, you know, we were getting flown to Canberra, then to Melbourne and, you know, like just, you know, be, being the poster boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just a, about raising awareness because I'll, I'll be honest, I'd never, before dad went missing, I'd never heard of really or taken any notice of missing persons. Yeah. It w- was just not a thing. And I, I get that because that's what we sort of deal with now. Is yeah. a lot of people. It's it's not a happy subject. It's not. Yeah, it, it it's it's not a good subject, and it's not a very engaging subject. So we we just did media, and as much as we could. Um, the days I know the days after Dad went missing. I think. Um, my brother Nick had something in a, in a newspaper. It didn't matter if it was the advocate examiner, Mercury, whatever. I think for like, yeah, over two weeks straight, it was something yep. in the paper every day. Yeah. Right? But that, and that's the thing too, like after here we are 13 and a half years later and don't really have any news other than what we're doing to search for dad. Yeah that that's the only real news we have we where it's a, it's the same yeah we're sort of telling the same story which you know people don't want to hear the same story over and over again so like i said it's hard to engage the public mm. um just because we don't really have any new news um other than what searching yeah
0: we're currently doing so in saying that though, it probably only takes just one person that hasn't heard the story before.
1: You just, but, you just don't know, do you? And, and that's, that's why, that's why I keep going. Yeah. Cause the, the next person could be the person. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah. And that, and that's the thing you, there might be someone that might know something and might see a poster, might see something on Facebook, might see something in the paper, might see something on the TV. We just hope that, you know, someone one day will say, hang on a sec, I know where that car is and away we go.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I read that um, down in Southport, um, a guy reported that he, he spoke to a man that yeah was pretty, pretty close to his description with an Italian accent. Are you pretty convinced that that was your dad?
1: Yeah, um, I am. Until proven otherwise, yeah, <laughs> yep. that, 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 that's the thing too. Like, like yep. I said before, it's sort of it's not guessing, but it's there. There was a sighting. It was the same the same day that he went missing. Yep. Um, by a tourist, um, at the Southport Tavern. Yep. Um, with and in in his sighting because. At the time, um, my brother Nick and I, we did not disclose where we lived or anything like that. Like we wanted to keep a a few things to ourselves. Um, The the sighting basically stated that a man with a hat, the same clothes description, a Camry, looking for directions to where the suburb where I live.
0: Pretty uncanny uh, if it's not, isn't it?
1: Well, that's it. And this same person, you know, so he's seen, seen well, who we think could possibly be dad, saw him about another 50K up the road, um, and he looked lost and basically said, you know, yep, you got to keep going, going this way. So he sort of bumped into this person twice, you know, like if it was dad or not. Yep. Um, yeah, so then the tourist went to Cradle Mountain and was in the bar and just looked up at the TV and um, yeah, saw a picture of Dad as a missing person. Mm. Called, called it into the cops. Yep. And so that so that
0: was he reported that not long after your Dad went missing. Then, so it wasn't like yep. months afterwards or anything like that. Yeah,
1: a lot a lot of the siding was pretty spot on. Yep. When Diver Dan offered to come down and search some waterways, um, that's the first place we went because a lot of the road um, down that way is right next to the Huon River, and I mean right next to the Huon River.
0: Where a car could go off quite easily.
1: Yeah. Um, So we went down there. We started at Southport Boat Ramp um, because one thing we've learned is if you have dementia and you get stuck on a boat ramp, you don't have it mentally to be able to get your car out of that situation. You chucking the car in reverse and getting out of there. Yeah. is isn't a, isn't a thing apparently. Yeah. So we concentrated, um, Southport start off with at the boat ramp. Um, yeah, uh, then headed towards um, a place called Hastings, uh, checked the river there, which was too too shallow. Yep. And worked our way basically to Huonville. And to cut the story short a little bit, um, when we were two kilometres north of Franklin, right where there was the road and the water almost, right beside like there's only five to ten meters of ground between the side of the road and the water yep yeah we found two cars right and it was like it was one of our spots that we sort of marked on the map as a very high possibility and
0: yep. how deep's um, the water there so they're pretty well submerged then
1: yeah yeah um in in well it all depends there's Through the Huon River, there's spots that are, like, a foot deep. Yep. But then there's spots that are, like, 10 metres deep. Yep. You know, it's very, you know, it varies. Mm -hmm. Um, So Diver Dan dove on, well, we we knew one car was there, but we didn't realise that one car was sitting on top of another car.
0: Right, (laughs)
1: yep. Two cars had gone off on this spot, and we'd marked it on the map as a high-risk, spot yep um it ended up being a subaru liberty that's not even reported as missing okay <laughs> <laughs> so so something dodgy going on there straight yeah. away yep and it was sitting on top of another car but the other car has been there that long it's just rusted and we we haven't lifted the cars out of the water as yet but we're planning to yep. but we're expecting that one to fall to pieces the second one to fall to pieces because um, it's just so rusty. The Subaru Liberty that's sitting on top of it is, you know, like it's only like 10 years old and it's yeah. only been been in the water for probably about four or five years. So. Yeah, okay. So we were hopeful. Um, Dan dove on on that, well, not knowing what we are going to find. Um, and he's, you know, basically said to me, I'll dive and be as quick as I can just to so I can let you know. Um, he dove on that, and it took him four minutes to resurface because he ripped the number plate off it and stuff like that. But that four minutes felt like ten years to me. Like it, it was just, is this? Could this be it? Yeah. You know, like, have we stumbled across Dad in his car? Or yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, it turned out not to be. And you know, yeah, then like I said, we've, we've found a second car. So yep. you sit on probably about. Two kilometers, or you know, two knots. You know, you got to go reasonably slow, but the imaging is so clear. You're pretty yeah. much not like we we could tell that it was a car soon. Soon, it was just the shape of a car. Yeah, you know, like it. Yeah, so we and yeah, it, it was just we were getting ready to. Yep, yeah, all right, this is a spot that we picked out, and all of a sudden, straight away, there there was an image of a car coming up on yeah. the sonar. So.
0: Can you explain how you felt when you saw that obviously it didn't it wasn't to be but can you can you remember when you saw the car like what went through your mind
1: uh, yeah a, a bit of bit of everything a bit of excitement a bit of yeah like you, you just don't know like i said you know, is, is this it have we found him Yeah. You know, and then then you think right Yeah. You know, if it's not him have we found somebody else mm. have we you know like it, yeah you you your brain just goes, goes into a bit of, bit of overload and, you know, like Dan saying, don't get excited. And I'm saying, I'm trying not to get excited, but he's going, I'm getting excited. you know, And I'm trying not to get excited. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're you know, jumping out of our skin a little bit, but, um, and with, with Dan, he's such, he's such a nice guy. Like he, um, he comes up out of the water and he goes, it's not your dad. And then, you know, like he's probably 15, 20 metres away from where I am sitting in the boat, you know, and I was, he's, he's cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm holding cameras and phones and that, just trying to record everything. Um. Yeah. And then he comes over and he goes, sorry, mate. Like he's just, just the nice, just nice guy. You know, don't have to be sorry. You know, like we're just, trying to do this and yeah yeah, but he's just so apologetic and just just a nice bike you know he just he knows how much it means to you well that's it like even before we started he said right i need need to know what happens if i if i find a like find your dad or or your dad's car how would you like to be told you want me to come out just say it to you do you want me to come up put my arm around you and say it or you know i said no just After this long, just tell me. (laughs) But like he's just—he's just such a genuine guy. Just yeah, just yeah. Like said, he's just a good bloke. Just trying to help. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you're hoping to get him back down again to do another search for you.
1: We we are. That's um yeah we're um try trying to. Um, Would you believe that the only thing that's really stopping us at the minute is trying to get him on the spirit. Yeah. Can't get him on the Spirit of Tasmania at the minute.
0: Yep, booked out, are they?
1: um, Yeah, apparently all the great nomads have booked all the spots, and (laughs) the borders have opened, and away they go. And the borders are open, and they're (laughs) they're buggering off.
0: Uh, (laughs) Well, hopefully they get a cancellation. They can get him back down here for you. Well,
1: that's it. You know, like he he has to sort of put in for um, holidays through his work, and and then. Once that gets approved, we sort of work around around that and then to find out we can't get on the spirit is, you know, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, like there's not much we can really do about that. Like we're, you know, we're in contact with the people that make all the decisions at the Spirit of Tasmania and, you know, put our name on a standby list and sort of, Mm. Hopefully something will come of that, but yeah, we're yeah. we're we're trying to get him back down here, and yeah, Dan's made a commitment to me to keep on coming down until we find him. Good, excellent. So you don't you don't knock back help like that, no, not, not absolutely. Because we, we've we've ne- we've never had access to searching the waterways. Yep, um, ever. He could you be know, the key. This opportunity came up, and yeah, we're we're running with it. We're absolutely. We're, we're um, our probably our next um, areas to search will be all the hydro dams and lakes. Yeah, um, you know, I'm in contact with people at the hydro at the minute just to make sure that, um, yeah, you know, like we'll probably only need to get access to like the public access areas. But we're just sort of making sure there weren't areas that were still open to the public that are now closed that. Yeah, you know that we might need. So yeah, like like I said, it's just ongoing. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we found the two cars down just north of Franklin, and then um, we had a had a day up um, at New Norfolk. Um, there was a guy from New Norfolk, that um, a guy called Dale Nicholson, who went missing. So we thought we'd spend the day searching. You know around the waterways around there, just to you know, just you know, spread the love a little bit, you know, yeah like if we can help someone else out while we're doing this, mm. it'd just be amazing, so well,
0: you know what they're going through,
1: don't you well, exactly, mm. and um, yeah, and Dale's sister reached out to us um as we were searching like. We're puttering along up the river, and yeah, you know, we're checking social media as we go, and yeah, reached out and you know, get thank yous, you know, thanks for thinking <clears> of Dale, and so we did that, and we were told that the um, that it was all, you know, it had been actually checked once upon a time by the police divers, as far as we're aware, and surprise, surprise, we we found a car it wasn't Dale's car, but we found found a car um which is another car that we need to pull out of the river because it's old and yeah and then you know we had a had a report of a, a, a car in the water um a bit further down the river so we were putting putting in at Bridgewater boat ramp and we were only, we just started the boat up and we were just reversing off and we were over a car already there was one yeah. right at the right at the boat ramp so we found yeah. In what like five days we found four cars, and we know of another one. So yeah, you know, which we didn't get to. We ran out of daylight.
0: So mm. and that's and the big unknown, that, isn't it? There's a lot of area out there that you can't see underwater. So how many more well, are out there? That's
1: it. Um, yeah, on on the on the dad's Facebook page, I posted some photos the other night, <clears> and <throat> there's a fo- there's a photo um, of where the two cars at Franklin are. Yep. And you just look at it, and it's like an old jetty, Yeah. and you you just wouldn't know that there's like five meters off where the these poles are for this jetty, there's two cars sitting in the water. Yeah, you just you just can't see them. It's unreal, you know? isn't it? It's yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Like yeah. just to know that yeah, something's happened somewhere along the line for those cars to end up there. Mm. You know? What's their story? Well, that's it. Yeah, you know, mm. so. Yeah, we'll 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 get the we'll get the cars out of the water eventually. So yeah, you know, we're ho- hoping to um, have some uh, tow truck drivers or someone donate you know their time to help us get these cars out of the water. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, better better to be out of the water than you know, you know like leaking oil and petrol. Yeah.
0: and and they might give someone some answers to some other. Mysteries, well, that's they? it
1: too. You, know, you, know, you don't, don't know until you pull them out as to what their story is. This
0: episode of the podcast would not be possible without the support of our fantastic sponsor, Everyday Lines. Anyone in the Devonport area may be able to identify a tall, skinny, passionate bloke who you see running and riding absolutely everywhere. For those who don't know, that's champion runner and great bloke, Brian Lyons. Brian's also a running coach and mentor and his Everyday Lions running coaching programs are inclusive and cater for all age groups from kids right up to retirees. Training sessions are held in different locations from the Devonport area to Burnie and you can choose from group training, 8, 12, 16 week or yearly programs. Whatever your goal is, Brian will help you smash it as many have with his proven coaching techniques. You can find Brian at Everyday Lions on Facebook, Instagram or at his website www.everydaylions.org. And while you're at it, look out for some of the fantastic events organised by Everyday Lions events, including Run Devonport, the Great Train Race, the Light Night Glow Run and the Devonport Christmas Fun Run, just to name a few. We'll see you at the starting line. So I I read somewhere that there's approximately 2,600 long-term missing persons still registered in Australia. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of other people sort of going through the, the same thing that you're going through. Can you... Can you put it into words to explain to people how it feels to know that someone is gone but not knowing where they are and how it happened and having so many questions?
1: Well, that's it. It's just a lot of questions. Like um it it's the yeah, the not knowing the not knowing is what really does your head in but then not having your family member There anymore, and not even having a clue where they are also does your head into like, you know, it's yeah, it's just not a day goes by where you're not thinking about it. Like, it's yeah, it's it's, I wouldn't say it's what I'm known for, but you know, everyone knows that my dad's missing. You know, he thought, oh, that's Jason. His dad's missing. You know? Yeah.
0: Becomes part of your story
1: um, too. Well, that's it. Um, and um, like, yeah, you know, over the years, it sort of, it sort of changes. Like, like I said, when, when dad first went missing, it was horrible because like, you know, they're somewhere and you just want to get them home. Like it's, and I wouldn't say you're frantic, but you're not far off it. Like you, it's just what what you want to do. But now, now, now it's almost like, especially like now, Dan's come on board with his diving. Um, it's like planning. Like it, it it's sort of changed. Changed. Like you're still look, looking for Dad, but now it's trying to be. Like a bit of a process, you know. We'll check here, tick tick those areas off. You know, yeah, like we it's yeah, closing it, it's doors as of, you go. Yeah, you know, and like we're, you know, it'll be an absolute miracle if he's still with us. But yep. can I ask scary. you is
0: is there is there a part of you that is there a little part of you that still
1: holds that hope? Um, not not really, like. It, <laughs> I'd be lo- I'd love to be proven wrong. Uh, <laughs> but, Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. you know, I'm 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 open for anyone to prove me wrong. Um, like realistically, no, I I don't think he's, you know, like with us anymore. But that doesn't change the fact I still want to find him. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, you know, it's it'd be good if he is, but like it's. Like highly, highly unlikely, like not thirteen and a half years down the track, you know there's just <laughs> yeah, I can't see that being the case, but like i said i I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong,
0: yeah, absolutely,
1: um mm. and obviously through
0: the journey, you've had a lot of ups and downs and and like you say, even just finding that that car in the in the Franklin River and then it turned out to to not be your dad, obviously you've gone through. A cocktail of emotions yourself over that time, and you know yeah. you've, you've been up and down. What what sort of strategies do you use to look after yourself? And have you had some dark times over the journey? Has it sort of taken its toll on you mentally
1: at all? Um, no, not not really. Like I'm, oh, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm old school, but I don't. You know, it's, I wouldn't say it doesn't get me down like it does, but it's you know, I I. I seem to cope quite well, you know, like I, you know, I'll be the first one to say I've had moments where I've, you know, just sat, sat down and cried and, you know, and then away I go again, you know, like I'm just. You just had that uh, release. Yeah. Um, and it's it's frustrating. It's bloody hard work. Like, you know, when Dan was down here, we, you know, I was sleeping in the back of my four wheel drive <laughs> and Dan was sleeping on the side of the road in a swag. Like yep. we weren't li we weren't in hotels or houses, yeah, you know, like mm. it was um you mind know, you, we, if you had, found what you were looking for, you would have felt like millionaires, wouldn't you? Well, that's it. Mm. Yeah, you know, so you know, we had out a you know, well Dan had a few more nights on the side of the road than I did, but um yeah, like Yeah, there's times where it all, I wouldn't say it all gets too much, but there are some times where you just sort of, right, I need to just not so much walk away, but I just need to have a bit of of time, think of and do other stuff. You know, as I was saying to one of my workmates the other day, um, I could do this full time, don't get paid to do it, and be financially a bad decision, but yep. I, I could do I could do this full time easy. Just and that's just looking for my dad. Yeah, it just takes up so much time. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Like I'm you know, ha- happy to do it. I'd I'd, you know, I'd love to get a result. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, like it's, and and since Dan's been helping, like we he. It's, We like I said, we were looking at social media as we're going up and down the rivers, and um, we're getting asked if Dan can go to northern New South Wales to look for a lady gone missing with a card. Like, just there's just a lot of people out there that need need the help. Yeah, basically, obviously a lot of people. Yeah, and not yeah, and I'm I'm not police bashing, but uh, a lot of the public. I think they expect that the police are helping us, and I think that's a uh, the that's the way the public say it. Oh, you know, the, the police would be out helping, but the reality is that's not the case. You do most of it off your own back. <laughs> well, that's it. It's the families fending for themselves. Yeah, and that that's a that's a sad part about it. And yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of people that. Need to be found, and there's families. Not not every family can get out and about and search, and and that's that's the real sad thing about it.
0: Mm.
1: So, and as you
0: say, there are plenty of others, others going through it. What what advice would you give to someone else that is going through it, that is struggling a little bit? If you're talking to them, and you probably do, you probably do get contact oh, with people who've lost loved oh, yeah, ones. What, like, what, sort of, what are those
1: conversations like with them? Well, that's it. Everyone. Everyone handles handles it a little bit different. I have found there are there are some um, people they sort of don't really say anything and are really quiet, and you can tell that they're thinking and you know about stuff. And um, yeah, but <laughs> that's the thing. It's always it's always good to have someone to talk to. Yep, about it. Um like I not like I know I I talk to my partner a lot about it. Um she she has to um well she has to listen to me. Well I don't suppose she has to, but she does. <laughs> um, I know your partner, she's but, a pretty remarkable lady, I'm sure she's a good yeah, listener. Yeah, and you know it's good I wouldn't say it's venting, but it it it's good to verbalize it. Yeah. Um and yeah like it's it's not it's not easy and anyone that's going through it like i said everyone's different but yeah you just yeah, you just do what you can that's that's the thing you just if you can do it you do it if you can't you can't you can't be you know upset because you yeah you know, there's people that are missing, and like their only real family are like elderly people, and yep. you know you can't just expect them to go out searching or something like that. So mm. people like that, you know, you just do what you can, and just yeah. If 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 anyone's out there that's actually going through this sort of thing, yeah, look, I, I think the best thing is to talk to someone whoever that might be, I don't know if, you know, best friend, best mate, girlfriend, husband, whoever, you know, yeah. it just, I, it's definitely not one of those subjects where you want to bottle it all up inside and, yeah. you know, and, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky that way. Like I said, you know, I've got a partner who, who's a good listener. So,
0: yeah. Um. You say that obviously the, the search continues. Have you ever had a time where you've you've thought about giving up, or do you think there ever will come a point where you think, "No, nah, we've done as much as we can. We just
1: have to move on." Um. No, look, I've, I've ne- never like I've had had to have like a bit of time off because it just takes over like yep. <laughs> a lot. Um. But I've never thought about giving it away and just saying well whatever's happened sort of happened That's not you know, like I'd I'd like to think if I went missing my old man would have come look looking for me and would yep. kept going until he found me so yep um yeah and that's you know that's family that's mm-hmm. what what you do so I feel like you owe it to him to a certain degree Oh yeah yeah probably yeah I'd I don't like the idea that he's out there somewhere and I can't find him, you know, he, he deserves better than that. Yep. So if I can help find him, that's what I'll do. Excellent. Yeah. So yep. just keep going. Just yeah. don't, you know, like you don't have to go crazy and just, you know, but, you know, there, there's always things to plan. So, you know. Steady as we go. You know, yeah, like I said,
0: yeah, bit by bit. And so you, as you said, you run the Facebook page, help find Nicola Solis. So how can how can people get in get in touch with you outside? Obviously, they can contact you through the Facebook page, but how can they? What are other ways that people can help?
1: Um, well, that's it. Uh, I've, over the years, just talking to people, I've found that. Um, everyone that's, or not everyone, but a lot of people have heard about Dad, but automatically just thought that he'd been found. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we we just, you know, and that's the thing with the Facebook page. It's a good way of just letting people know what we're doing and all the information's there um, to... You know, like what kind of car, you know, the red Joe number of the car, um, description of dad, you know, and um, like it's still a statewide search because we honestly don't know. He could be up the north of the state, he could be down the south of the state for what we know, so to... We we don't ever say we're just looking in one area and one area only. Like mm-hmm. it's a state, it's still a statewide search. Like I said, we've got drone operators last week up at bridal Track. We've been searching the waters down, you know, down the Huon River. You know, like it's it's everywhere. We're, you know, and all our information is basically on Facebook. We have um, videos on YouTube. You know, we like we have an Instagram page. You know, we, you know, like we, I like to get my face on TV every now and again, just to, (laughs) just to get it out there again, because, um, and every now and again, you know, papers, you know, podcasts, like like today, um, just any media is good media, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, mate.
0: That's basically all that, all that I've got to, you know, to, to probe you on tonight, but I certainly, yep. you know, wish, wish you guys all the best. And, you know, I, I can't commend you highly enough. I can't say that I know what you're going through and I know, you know, sometimes those, those words are quite empty, but um, you know, it's, it's not something that everyone in their daily life has had to go through. So, you know, obviously I commend you guys for, for you know, continuing and, and doing what you're doing. And I would imagine if I was in your shoes, I'd be doing the, the exact same thing. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said at the start, like uh, most people I reckon listening to this will know, you know, the Celeste name and that's, you know, through your efforts and through your family's efforts. So, you know, you're, you're certainly yeah. making a difference there. And, um, you know, the, obviously a few people listen to this podcast. If there's one person out there that, that is listening to this that, you know, has always thought she's maybe or, you know that could have been mm-hmm. or whatever, just, you know, reach out and, you know, even that's just, it. just hit Jason up on the Facebook page because you just never know. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. So as I say, I wish you all the best mate. And we'll certainly, you know, put this out and, and, you know, try and um, support the
1: cause as much as we can too. Yeah. And thank, thank you for your time. Thanks for taking an interest in um, what we're doing and you know, taking an interest in my dad. It's um, you know, great to have people like yourself that are willing to, help us out in any way that you can Uh, we really appreciate it Um, yeah and hopefully um, yeah your listeners one of them might hold the key Absolutely. and we're very appreciative of your time and for the opportunity big thanks to Jason for
0: coming on the pod and telling his and his father's story as I said I can't imagine the journey they've been through and you've got to be inspired by the family's determination in continuing their search And like everyone I'm sure, I hope they're able to find Nicola soon and find some peace. For anyone out there going through a similar journey, I hope you found strength and some tips through this chat. As we said, if anyone has any information, it might seem trivial or small, but it might just be the key to helping this family find closure. Make sure you contact the family through the Facebook page, help find Nicola Solis, and if you think you can assist in any way, make sure you let them know. Best of luck to Jason and his family.